there are all sorts of different emotions, whether it is excitement, anger, envy, jealousy. But the thing that they all have in common is that emotions are powerful. I'm sure you can think of a time or two when you've had really strong emotions, whether positive, negative, pleasant, or unpleasant, and you have done things or said things that looking back, you're probably like, okay, maybe these emotions got the better of me. Our emotions can feel really challenging to rein in and control, especially when you're feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, tired. And in times like that, our emotions get the better of us. But in this episode of Happy Without Medicine, I'm going to be sharing some tips that I have personally used to help keep my emotions at bay so that I have control over them versus them having control over me. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Happy Without Medicine, and I'm your host, Dr. Yuandi, a medical doctor, therapist, and a fierce advocate for your happiness. My mission here is simple, to help professional women just like you create a life you're excited to wake up to. It's time to make the happiness you feel on the inside match the success others see on the outside. Let's get started. During the height of the pandemic, outbursts of anger, yelling, losing control of emotions, crying spells, those were some of the many reasons women sought out therapy. And like I say, yeah, that was the height of the pandemic. But to be honest, I still continue to see a number of moms, especially those who are high achieving moms who have high expectations of themselves, high expectations of their spouse, high expectations of their kids. They're still struggling. They're still struggling because of the weight of all their responsibilities. And they continue to feel stressed out and overwhelmed, which ultimately means that when they get waves of emotions such as anger or frustration, it's really hard for them to rein them in. It's hard for them to find the strength to keep the wave of these emotions at bay. And the result is yelling at kids, withdrawing from friends, strained relationships with their spouses, just as a few examples. I remember for me, at the height of the pandemic, one of my coping strategies was to zone out. It would be dinner time and I would be making dinner or even during the daytime trying to engage with my kids. I would feel so weighed down. And so what I would do, I would end up putting in earbuds and immersing myself into the world of an audiobook or a podcast just to keep myself from getting frustrated. After a time, to be honest, the trying to immerse myself and disappear into the world of a podcast or a book, it stopped working. And I realized that I really had to address the root of why I had a very short fuse with my kids, why I was irritable all the time, why I was just, you know, in a mood all the time. I really had to go deep and address the root. And like I say, many moms that I speak to had a lot of similarities, a lot of similar experiences to what I'm talking about. And they still do because I'm still seeing a few of them in my practice. And so in this episode, I really want to share some practical tips that I ended up adopting for myself in this time where there was just so much pressure, trying to juggle our responsibilities, 
having the background of a pandemic, so much uncertainty, and just really trying to navigate all of that while staying in control of my emotions and not allowing it to lead into outbursts of anger and just just not being very nice, not being very nice overall. And so the first tip I want to share is one thing I learned to do was to set the tone for my day. What was happening was I was getting up at the same time as my kids and it was sort of like where we were rushing right into the day, hitting the ground running. And what I learned to do was I learned to slow things down. I learned to be more present and I learned to be more mindful. As busy moms, especially if you have a lot going on, we tend to always be 10 steps ahead of everybody else. And I learned to just put that aside. And when my mind was telling me, okay, now I have to do this next. And then we have to do this. And at 11 o'clock, I have to do this. And 12 o'clock, I have to do this. Reining that in and just being present, being in the moment, slowing things down. I would wake up earlier than the rest of my family. So I started waking up an hour or so earlier than the rest of my family. And I would spend that time just grounding myself, taking deep breaths in and out during my quiet time, whether it's joining a prayer call or doing my devotionals, journaling, I would really spend that time alone. There was a time that I was also working out during that hour, waking up before everyone else. And this is something that I highly recommend you do. It was a game changer for me because it felt like, okay, that hour before everybody else woke up, before I entered mommy duties, before I entered doctor duties, I had that hour to myself to just ground myself and set the intention for the day. It felt so different compared to times when I would just wake up at the same time as my kids and just rush into the day. Having that hour was so, so helpful. And maybe an hour might be too much to ask for you, but half an hour, 15 minutes, whether it's to make some tea for yourself, whether it's to say out loud three things you're grateful for, whether it's to set the intention for two or three things that you want to make sure you get done that day, setting the tone for the day, one that is calm and peaceful and in control makes such a huge difference. When you do this, you're less likely to feel tense and irritable. You're more likely to go into your day feeling calm and you're more likely to maintain that calmness even in times when your patience gets tested. The second tip that I want to share is one that can feel very uncomfortable and can actually be very emotional, which is to be aware of the impact of your emotional explosions on your relationship. Because the truth of the matter is many times the way we respond to whether it's anger, frustrations, feeling irritable, it's often learned behavior. Maybe it's behavior you learned from a parent. Maybe it's a behavior that you learned in response to some sort of trauma you experienced. But it's important to realize that this behavior is often learned. And if you think about the consequence of the behavior, whether it was from a parent or from a response from trauma, like I said, think about the impact it has had on you. And then also think about the impact that you are then passing on to people around you, whether you have kids, your friendships. Think about what you are passing on from one generation to the next. There is a cycle of trauma that tends to happen. So if, for example, you grew up in a home where you were yelled at all the time and 
you are now in that situation where you're yelling at your kids all the time. Think about the impact that that's having on your kids. And you might not see it on the surface. Your kids might sort of shrug it off or you're trying to get them to clean up and you've been telling them to clean up and they're not. And all of a sudden you yell and they might then respond to that. On the surface, it might look like, okay, this is this is working. But every time you do that, it's fracturing the relationship and it's opening up, it's widening the gap between you and your kids, you and your friends, every time you respond that way. And one day that gap is going to be too wide to close. So I want you to be very conscious of repeating the cycle of trauma, repeating the cycle of behavior that you experienced growing up and realizing that when you're not remaining in control of your emotions, you're passing that on to the next generation. And finally, The third point that I want to share with you is a reflection point. Every time you have an emotional outburst, it doesn't happen in isolation. There are usually events leading up to the explosion. This is what we call a behavioral chain. So it's going to be important to do a behavioral chain analysis. Essentially, looking back and seeing what were the events that led up to me exploding? Was it poor sleep? Were you in physical pain? Did you have a migraine? Did you have back pain? Did you just have a very stressful shift at work? Did you have too much interaction with a friend or family member that left you emotionally drained? And when you look back, you'll realize that you probably had a series of events, a chain of events that eventually led to this crying spell that you had or this yelling episode that you had. They typically don't happen in isolation. Once you do this reflection, it's going to be important to then think, can some of these chains, can some of these events be avoided or minimized in the future? So if you know that you're going to be having a stressful weekend ahead, can you wind down your week a little earlier? Can you get some more rest? Can you make sure you get your migraine treated? Can you make sure you get your back pain addressed? Can you make sure that you are staying hydrated? Because when you look back on this chain and you start to see a pattern of behavior, you're able to then mitigate some of the effects of these behaviors in the future, such that you're having less of these explosions, these outbursts, or you're maybe even able to avoid them altogether. The other thing that doing this kind of reflection does is it allows you to put things into perspective. Many times when I do a behavioral chain analysis with my patients, they're like, yeah, no wonder I had this explosion because usually they're beating themselves up over yelling at their kids or whatever that might be. But when we actually take a step back and look at everything that led up to the yelling or the outburst or the explosion, there's usually a buildup. And so putting things into perspective allows them to give themselves a little bit more grace, not to excuse the behavior, but also to see that, yes, there are some things that can be done to prevent it in the future. And so, like I mentioned before, emotions can be very powerful, but using these tips can help us regain control so that we're not allowing these emotions get the better of us at least most of the time. To end this episode with a quote, I talk about emotions being waves and how having a surfboard is so essential to keep us from drowning. The quote says, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn 
how to serve. And the quote is by John Kabat-Zinn. I really hope you found this episode helpful and I hope that you're able to put them into practice such that yes, emotions will come and go, but you can maintain your power over them such that they don't lead you to have outbursts of emotions and outbursts of words that you really don't mean. Catch you next time. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Yuan Di, on the Happy Without Medicine podcast this week. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could give it a review on Apple Podcast because it helps Happy Without Medicine pop up when other women are searching for ways to find their happiness again. And visit happywithoutmedicine.com to view the complete show notes and other resources mentioned in today's episode. I'll catch you next time.